This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 12, 2018. Back to school. What's in your pencil case? Church. Yeah, let's give him a hand. That's Bryce. Bryce Bullock and his parents, Demetrius and Michelle. And that was his Captain America on the back. Do you know Bryce is an author? He has authored a comic book, and it's actually for sale. There's a lot of traction on that, and you know, he's getting well known, so it's pretty cool. He has a costume and everything, so they usually attend at 11 o'clock, so if you see him come in, give him a high five. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for opportunities to connect with one another and connect with you. We ask, Lord, for you to open us up, settle us in, so that we could have some focus this morning about this topic of what's in your pencil case. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 And so this morning we are continuing our series called Back to School. And, you know, back to school, it's only August, but there sure is a lot out everywhere we turn about going back to school. And we know that families are getting their kids ready to go back to school. Last week we talked about a new school year's resolution, how we all tend to take a look at September and make some personal changes whether we have kids or not and kind of do do some alignment in our lives well this morning we're going to talk about what's in your pencil case mm. so when prepping for this I got thinking back to my school days I had to go on long-term memory there and um, I thought okay when we were getting ready for school it was really complicated you went and bought a notebook unless your old one was still good. You bought some dividers, you bought maybe one of those plastic things inside and some paper and a couple of pencils and a couple of pens and... Bic pens. Bic pen and this was before they even had calculators. So I mean, that, that was about the extent of it. Uh, maybe you can, uh, can uh, understand or go along with that, but wow. 
we were over at our daughter's house, daughter and son-in-law's house, and our granddaughter Harper's getting ready for kindergarten. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's, the, uh, that's the fulfillment of the list they gave her. I don't know how she's going to get them paper towels in her pencil case. But, <clears throat> but uh, and there's two rolls. The requirement was one, but we, you know, they doubled up. Uh, check this out. Three boxes of crayon, 16 glue sticks. They must be gluing five times a day. Um, two boxes of tissues. Well, That's one's for, for Devin and TC oh, when they get her. Okay. Yeah. Two boxes of uh, two boxes of tissue. Yeah, one for Devin, one for Harper, for that first day of school. One roll of pe okay, one pencil, one set of earbuds. That's old guys. We didn't even have earbuds. They even had, had thought of earbuds. Very specific. They got the entire list, and you can see uh, Harper surrounded buy her stuff. We got a list from Meredith. The, if you're an eighth grader, <laughs> oh my gosh, the, the list is even longer because it includes a 14 gigabyte flash drive. How many had that in their pencil case? Uh, we didn't even know what a flash drive was. Okay. Multicolored pack of highlighters and a calculator. If you're an advanced math student, you get to get the TI-84 graphic calculator. Whew. Boy, that Man. is quite a list. And there are lists like that for all of the schools. Now, getting everything on the list will not guarantee success for the school year. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> you also have to show up for class. You have to participate in class. You have to do your homework. You have to study for tests, all those kinds of things. But having the right tools in your toolbox is really pretty important because it's the first step for success in any endeavor, in anything that we do in life. Mm. So the question for us today is, so, so what's this got to do with us? Well, let's do a little, little transference here. Uh, what do you have in your pencil case, in your spiritual pencil case, so to speak? What do you have for, in terms of tools for being a Christian, for being a follower of Jesus Christ, for being a disciple of the Son of God? For, and we think first and foremost, our primary tool would be the Bible. Amen? Amen. Bible? Yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible, story of God and God's people, the history of God and God's people, love story, God's love story for us, a, a history of who we are and whose we are. Here's how Paul describes the Bible in his second letter to Timothy. He says, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, they kind of mean the same thing, and for training in righteousness so that everyone, say it with me, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. There you go. And so Paul tells Timothy, but Paul tells us, first of all, that the Scripture is inspired by God. In other words, even though human beings put the words on the page, God inspired that. God designed this. God says what, is, what these words are. And so we find the Bible useful, useful in our daily life for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Righteousness is, light, is right living. And our plumb line is Jesus. So what we do is we read about Christ in here, what Christ did, what Christ said, 
how Christ was compassionate, and Christ is our plumb line. But we've got to know what God says. We've got to know the word of God in order to live righteously. You all probably already know the Bible is the bestseller of all time. Over five billion copies either bought or given away, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. So here's our challenge. The Bible is a great tool, but it's only a great tool if we read it, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's absolutely worthless when it just sits there, unopened, collecting dust, pages as crisp and pristine as the day it was bought or received as a gift. It's useless, unless, of course, you need a doorstop. You know, a big, heavy, unopened, unread Bible makes a great doorstop. Well, the point here is that owning a Bible just isn't enough. We do have to open it. We have to read it. If you don't have a Bible, there are some Bibles at guest services that you can take as a gift to you. We really, reading the Bible, we believe, is the most important thing to do. It is the most important item in your pencil case. Absolutely. And not just the Bible and reading the Bible, but being disciplined about carefully reading the Bible, studying it, meditating on it. Not once in a while, but regularly, intentionally, habitually. It takes discipline. Discipline. Now, now that's a word, especially when we're thinking about school, that can have some kind of negative connotations, right? I think back to first and second grade. I was disciplined. I spent half of my life in first and second grade out in the hall because I talked too much. You know, if you think back to like high school, the assistant principal's job was primarily, at least at our school, was discipline. So and you must have used up all your words. I did. That's why I'm so quiet now. Yep. Yeah. I, I learned my lesson out in that hallway. Yep. So to punish or to enforce obedience, that's one definition of, 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 uh, of um, discipline, but that's not the definition we want to use here this morning. This morning we want to use the definition, another definition that Webster gives us, where it means to train or to develop by instruction and exercise. And so I've shared with you already, um, I started a new thing in January. There were some things not going so well inside of me. I was not, um, I, I don't feel like I was connected with the Lord in righteous living in a certain area. And so I needed to get more serious. And I started in January with a devotion and journaling and really committed to it. And now it's like, I would rather do that than eat because it is my lifeline. But it has taken a while to develop that discipline and it is so so good because it connects me vertically so that I can do the horizontal stuff um, depending on God first discipline is not a random act discipline is intentional um, I don't just do it now to get a quick fix but it has become an integrated way of life and that's what having a discipline does. It becomes a way of life, and it's a way to Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
And here at church, we don't just talk about discipline, but we more specifically talk about spiritual discipline, spiritual discipline. We, uh, you may hear that term occasionally, or maybe hear it a lot. And so the question then is, what makes something a spiritual discipline? Well, according to Don Whitney, who's a professor and associate dean of, at the uh, Southern Baptist Theological um, Seminary in Louisville, and he's also the author of a book called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. He says, spiritual disciplines are those practices found in scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are habits of devotion, habits of experiential Christianity that have been practiced by God's people since biblical times. Mm. And then Whitney goes on to share some of the characteristics of spiritual disciplines. He says, first, uh, the first is that the Bible prescribes both personal and interpersonal or congregational disciplines. In other words, disciplines that we do by ourselves and con uh, disciplines that we do with others. For example, a spiritual discipline of prayer is one that is, uh, we can do both ways, you know. We pray personally or alone, but we can also pray with other people like we do here on a Sunday morning here at church. Um, we practice both. Jesus practiced both. If you, if you look back in the 26th chapter of Matthew, verses 36 through 46, we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's prayerfully preparing for going to the cross for his execution. And even though there's some, he took a couple of three guys with him, they're off away from him. He is privately in prayer. It's a one-on-one -on -one prayer time with him and God the Father at that point. On the other hand, if we go back a couple chapters of Matthew, back to chapter 19, here's what we read. Uh, uh, the, the disciples, there were children that came to them. The disciples were trying to shoo them away, not, not bother Jesus with these children. Uh, and, and Jesus said, then the little children were being brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray, which he did. Whitney also points out that another characteristic is that spiritual disciplines are activities, not attitudes. They are practices not personal qualities of character. They are things that we do. Now, even though these disciplines are activities, the goal is not so much in the doing check, but it's about the being. Becoming more like Jesus, knowing Jesus more, being with Jesus. Whitney says the biblical way to grow in being more like Jesus is through the rightly motivated doing of the biblical spiritual disciplines. Mm. That's what Whitney says. The Apostle Paul says this in his letter to uh, Timothy, his first letter to Timothy. Say it with me, will you please? Discipline, Discipline yourself, yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And so the goal is godliness, living a life pleasing to God, living a life more in line with how God would want us to live. The biblical means by which we do this is through spiritual discipline. We discipline ourselves by the power of God's Holy Spirit, rightly motivated for this purpose of godliness. When 
when we're rightly motivated, then these spiritual disciplines draw us closer to Jesus and help us to live more Christ-centered lives. And so what are some of the spiritual disciplines that are taught or modeled in the Bible? So we're going to share a list, but it's not all of them, but here are some of them. We could preach on each one for a whole Sunday, but we're just gonna give an overview. One spiritual discipline is solitude. You know, that is sort of anti what we're used to in our culture, solitude and silence, actually, they really do go hand in hand. Solitude is refraining from interacting with other people. That's really hard for extroverts like me, but it is so, so important to do that, to spend alone time with God. And so I do that in my sunroom by myself, no one around. And then I also practice the spiritual discipline of silence not speaking, being in a quiet place, and it quiets my mind. That's what silence does. It quiets our minds and it tunes us into God's presence. You know, the spiritual discipline of silence can also be while we're with other people. It's practicing not speaking so that we can really listen to one another. That is so, so important to really listen, practice that spiritual discipline of silence when we're together. Another spiritual discipline is fasting. Fasting from something and using that time to tune into God. We often hear about fasting from food or fasting from electronics, but it's a great discipline and it helps us with the goal of godliness. That's the point. Sabbath. Sabbath is a day or a time of rest. It doesn't have to be Sunday. A lot of us work. A lot of you work on Sunday. Pick another day when you can rest, when your soul can be replenished. Mm. And then there's worship, praising God's greatness and goodness. This can be done privately or individually. You know, we can worship when we're in our car. We can worship in our home. We can worship just about any place but it's also corporate worship like we do here on Sunday morning when we're with other people. Then there's prayer. Again, it can be both one-on-one -on -one prayer with God uh, and uh, it can also be corporate prayer with others as we uh, corporately <clears throat> share with God, listen to God, lifting up and uh, sharing. Then there's service, humbling, uh, humbly serving God by giving our time, talent, and treasure. We see that especially here on Sunday morning all over the place. We are serving one another, serving God through serving one another. And then there's, as we shared, Bible reading, kind of come full circle here, Bible reading, trusting the Holy Spirit-inspired words of Scripture to be our guide, to bring us wisdom, and to give us the strength we need for our day-to-day -day living. And so that brings us full circle back to the Scripture that we started with this morning in 2 Timothy. Would you share it with me? All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good 
word. The Bible is sufficient for everything that we need. All of the answers are in here. This book, reading this book, learning the ways of God gives us, brings us wisdom and we grow in the likeness of Christ when we know Jesus. It is so, so important. Left to my own devices, I will mess up, I will hurt people, I will make wrong decisions. But aligning myself to what the word of God says is what orders should order our steps. And then finally, spiritual disciplines are a means, not an end in themselves. We're not more godly by merely practicing the spiritual discipline, you know, devotion. As quickly as I could get through it, check. I did three minutes of prayer, check. I did my worship experience this morning. I got in as quick and out as quick as I could. You see what I mean? It's, it's not about checking them off of our list, but uh, the plan is that these things help us move in the direction of being closer to God, closer to Christ, closer to the Holy Spirit. Going through the motions doesn't move us in that direction. Our heart must be in it, not just our head. And, and even though these spiritual disciplines may be challenging at times, they're intended to be approached with joy, not apprehension, entered into with a, uh, an attitude of celebration, not drudgery. You know, attitude is everything when it comes to these spiritual disciplines. And so there are some days, though, when I wake up and I really do drag myself downstairs. It's like, oh, gosh, I've got to get this in. But when I sit down and when I settle and then open up my heart, then it becomes joyful. Then it becomes a real connection with God. But sometimes we do just have to do it in order to get ourselves in a place where we can receive and enter into um, the presence of God. Doing something, a spiritual discipline, we talked last week about developing habits. We said that it takes about 66 repetitions to develop a habit. 10 weeks, that's two and a half months. You know, two and a half months go like that, don't they? And so, we're suggesting, you know, look at your calendar, commit to something for two and a half months so that it can grab you and become um, a habit, a discipline. We have staff meetings uh, a couple times a month on Wednesdays, and Liza Holford has been joining us. Liza is our youth intern, and she has been such a blessing. We've asked Liza to come forward, and the reason why is because she gave the devotion on um, Wednesday, and she had such joy when she gave this devotion. It's like she was almost like giggling in the Lord because she was so connected with God. So we were talking about spiritual disciplines, Alan and I, yesterday, and I said, well, I think that maybe Liza might be somebody that we could interview about this. And so, Liza, you are, where are you in your schooling? Um, I'm going into my senior year at Virginia Wesleyan. Senior, what's your major? Math. Oh, gosh. <laughs> math. Okay. Okay. So um, 
what spiritual discipline or disciplines do you regularly practice? Um, so I make the effort every day to get in what my community at school calls quiet time is what we refer to it. But um, basically, I get into scripture every day. Um, sometimes I journal. Some days it's more focused on prayer. Um, I'm a really big fan of the YouVersion app right now just because they have all those plans that you can do on there. So those are How do you get cool. to that YouVersion app? Just download it on your you phone. You download it yeah. on your phone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you go... Does she need to put her put her? Oh, yeah. sorry. That's okay. <laughs> so, do you? Um, how do you decide what you're gonna study, or, you know, what scripture? Um, well, right now I've just been kind of going through more of the Old Testament, just because I feel like one of my biggest struggles is like retention and remembering what I'm reading in scripture. So, what I'm focusing on is kind of rereading passages and seeing what stands out to me like differently each time. Um, so I typically like going through books of the Bible. Okay, what you shared what book you're going through uh, on Wednesday? Mm, uh, yeah, so I was going through Exodus. Now I'm in Leviticus. So. Okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> we need to have you come back and preach about Leviticus. That's not very, <laughs> very easy to do. Yeah, that one might be a little tough. That might be a little tough. So um, you have a discipline of reading. You, you spoke about journaling. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Um, so journaling it looks different every day. I mean, some days I journal, some days I don't. But some days it'll just be as simple as writing down prayer requests or concerns or even writing out prayers that I am thinking but having trouble kind of putting into words like what I'm really thinking. Um, some days it's like if I read something really cool or uh, God really like speaks to me in some, day, some way, I'll make sure to jot that down. Wow. Okay. Why... Um what is the benefit of doing what you're doing? Like, why? Why, why are you taking your time to do this? Yeah, um, somebody actually once told me that um, if you're not sprinting towards Jesus, then you're being pulled backwards, and there's no, like, standing still, period. So it's like doing this every day is, like, my way to pursue Jesus and, like, get to know the Lord better. And I noticed when I don't do it, I can feel like the world, the enemy, you know, start pulling me backwards. So it's just that way to like get to know the Lord and, you know, kind of have that nourishment and center in my life. And it's funny because actually you guys were talking about attitude and when I hear the word sprinting, joy does not come to mind. Um, and the funny thing about it is that, you know, how we're called to come to Jesus like children, and it's like if you remember when you were a kid, how it felt to be running around and sprinting, and you were just so full of joy and, like, endless energy, like, that's what it's like to pursue Jesus and not get pulled backwards. College is a kind of a hard place to stay focused. There's probably a lot of external things that might press in on you or even what you're seeing around you. Mm -hmm. How does your discipline help help you kind of stay holy? Yeah, well, um, I think it's like, I really believe that you kind of start to reflect what you surround yourself in. So getting that time and that devotion every day with the Lord, then it's like really centering myself in that. And it's like, you know, God is more nourishing to us than food or drink would ever be. So it's like, how would you feel for days on end if you didn't eat or didn't drink any water? That's how it 
feel spiritually, but 10 times worse when we don't uh, like spend that time with the Lord every day. Wow. I wish I was as connected when I was in college as, <laughs> as you are with God. It is so inspiring to, I know, to all of us to have this college kid uh, be a great model and a witness for us. And by the way, she has spent a ton of time with the youth of our church this summer as a volunteer, but she's really been staff. And Liza, we want to thank you so much you for so pouring much. yourself into our kids. We, you've been such a blessing. Thank you. So then we come to the uh, all-important question of the morning. What, um, what spiritual practices are in your spiritual pencil case? What disciplines? And even more important, wh which ones do you need to add? It might just be one, might be a couple. We're not asking you to do that this morning, to come up on the steps and in 30 seconds come up. We wanted to take this with you, please. And. Um, and engage in the spiritual discipline of self-examination. And self-examination involves not just me looking at me, but seeking God to help me look at me, where I'm at in my spiritual life, where, where I'm at in terms of these disciplines we've talked about, and where would God like me to be? Uh, Lord, where... What do I need to do that I'm not doing to get closer to you? Lord, what, what direction do you want me to go? We'll give you a little heads up, though. It's when, when you do that prayer, when you do that self-examination, it can be very dangerous because God might take you some places you'd rather not go. You know, it might take you to the place of getting up earlier than you're used to or comfortable with so you can spend a little more time in the Word, in the Bible, with God or in prayer, or both. It might mean shutting off that TV earlier than you wanted to in order to spend some time, quiet time, that quiet that you talked about earlier. Uh, it might mean in the car, not having the radio, or the XM, or whatever it is that's playing. This would be mine, one of mine. Turn that off so that you have that quiet, because it's really hard to commune with God when it's in the midst of a lot of noise. It, it might mean turning off your cell phone, turning off the text, turning off and just setting it aside for a while so that you have uninterrupted time with the Lord. Question is, though, when you do this self-examination and, and God brings some things to you, will, will you do what it takes in order to practice that spiritual discipline that God's calling you to practice, realizing that 66 times is what it average takes for a habit or 10 weeks or two and a half months. Are you willing to do that? That's the challenge that we're offering you here this morning for the, for the week and then weeks ahead. To think about that question, identify spiritual discipline, maybe two, I don't know, what the Lord, where the Lord will lead you and make that habit so that it helps you to get that much closer to Jesus Christ. 
you know, who knows? It could transform your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's, let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God, um, <laughs> discipline, it's tough. I, I know it's, I find it tough, but it's what you call us to, Lord. It's, it's part of, of living uh, godly, Christ-centered lives is that it's discipline, living in spiritual disciplines, drawing us ever closer to you, to who you want us to be, drawing us ever closer to being the person you intended us to be when you first thought of us so long ago, Lord. And I would just pray that each one of us this week would just take a little time in self-examination and uh, that self-examination, drawing you into that self-exam to say, Lord, where, where do you want me to be? Lord, what, what, what discipline do I need to draw me closer to you and what do you have in mind for me and the life that you've given me, Lord? We ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and God's Holy Spirit. Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.